0: This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God. The senior pastor of Metamorphosis Christian Center, Pastor Fumi Ashalu, Remain blessed as you listen. Amen. Glory be to God in the highest. Amen. Alright, you're welcome. Um, I want you to turn in your Bible with me. So, Romans 5:17 once again, as we continue looking at this um, topic, reigning in life, I'm doing the part two right now, and I'm we're going to be looking at, um, I'm, I'm going to be trying to explain what reigning in life is, what reigning in life is, trust that the Lord will help me, but as we read Isaiah 60 the other time, I don't know how many of you, it, um, I don't know if you caught your attention. You know, what you have in there just explains what it means to reign in life. Amen. Just explain the, he explains or rolls out the, um, the, the what should be the reality of such a person. You see abundance in that place. You see the person having, having people. Amen. Having resources, in um, human resources, having financial resources. Amen. Having peace, having righteousness. You know, that is just a definition of what it means to really be in charge and living the life that the Lord has ordained for you and I. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our hearts yet again, even as we come before your word. We ask, O God, let your light come, let illumination come, let teaching come. Instruct us, O God, in righteousness and help us to find confidence, to find courage in us, to live the life, to practice the words, even as we'll be instructed this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our God, for we're afraid in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I will start from Romans five seventeen again. Uh read the scriptures again. Can we read together, please? Look on the screen and let's just read it out together. For if by the one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gifts of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, so um, in trying to explain or define, not define, explain what it means to reign, you know, maybe just give, um, give you an example or just lay bare before you what it means. I can do like in one or two ways. It says here that those that have received an abundance of grace, those that have received the gifts of righteousness, the receivers of these two um, instruments, these two tools, are the ones that have been called to reign in life through the Lord Jesus. But notice here that it's not saying that Jesus will reign through you. Amen. It did not say Jesus will reign through you. We know that Jesus reigns in our lives, right? But it's saying you will reign. You know, when we took a song last week, you can go back and watch the... Um, The um, the, um, worship session of last last week's um, service—I wouldn't let me say—I think it should be the second service. When we took a session that was saying a particular song that says "I reign in life," you know, for some people it would have it would have sounded strange. You know, you don't want to reign your humble self. Am I talking to humble people, people that have humility? Are they in the house? People that have humility say, me, rain. No, God is the one that should be raining in my life. Oh, ah, no, why should I be raining now? That is the uh, pride. What's wrong with me? God should be raining. Jesus should be raining. Amen. You know, even in, in looking at this um, topic, this, the, the whole of this month, I found myself correcting myself that it is not that life should reign in me. It is not that Jesus should reign in me. Of course, Jesus is raining in me. Amen. But it says, you, reign." Rain, Get comfortable with reigning. Don't run away from reigning. Don't become humble, amen. And say, Ah, Mike, why am I? Ra- why should I want to reign? Isn't that looking for too much? The Word of God says, those that are receivers of grace, those that are receivers of the gifts of righteousness, are the ones that will reign in life. They will reign over life. They will reign in life through Jesus Christ, amen. we come by the new and the living way we come by the blood of Jesus we come by by that which Jesus has made available for us that is how we come but we are the ones that have been called to reign in life reign so in a very simple way the way I see it what does it mean to reign in life it means to fulfill purpose fulfill purpose and that might look like a very big word so I'm going to bring it down fulfill purpose there is an assignment for my life. There's an assignment for your life. Let's quickly look at some scriptures. Galatians one fifteen and 16. Let's have like three. Let me just see if we can do um, maybe two or three of the scriptures. Galatians 1, 15 and 16 says, But when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, verse 16, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. This is purpose, right here. He said, when he pleased God, that separated me from my mother's womb, he, he had a reason for separating me. There is a reason why he formed me. He said, when he pleased him to reveal his son in me, that is, Apostle Paul came to Accepting. He came to facing the purpose of his life. That the purpose of my life is that God will reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. That is what God has called me to. Before he got here, he went through a whole lot that I don't want to go into, but you can cast your mind back and remember. Everything that he did in life brought him to this point. But eventually came face to face with the purpose of his existence. He came face to face with the purpose of his life that I might preach Christ. Amen. Some people find the expression of their purpose within the four walls of the church. Quite a number of us, and all of us should find it beyond the four walls of the church outside there. Amen. He said you have been sent as salt and as light into the earth. So there is a purpose for your life. Let's quickly look at um, Jeremiah 1.5. Prophet Jeremiah said, you know, he was was recounting what the Lord said to him. Jeremiah 1.5. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Before you were born, I already sanctified you. I already dedicated, you know, not dedicated. Sanctified is, I set you apart for a cause, for a purpose. There is a purpose for every single life. You might be seated here and you are saying, I don't know. This thing that they call purpose, purpose, you know, it's always following me everywhere. It's almost like it's as if it's plaguing my life. Almost every message I listen to, I, you shall hear purpose, purpose. It is important for your life. That's the whole essence of your life. When you find it is like fish in water, you enjoy life. You don't struggle with it. Amen. You just, you just live life. You, you, you are, it's beautiful to behold. Amen. It says, you were, before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is what I called you out for. And you see here, too, so a mention was made, before I separated you from the womb, the, our God is a very, very intentional God. There is nobody that your eyes can see. Your eyes are seeing right now or seeing the earth. That has no purpose. It is not true. Anybody that your anything that, in fact is not even anybody, anything at all that your eye you can set your eyes on. Anything, the microphone in my hand, oh, my wristwatch, oh, you know, everything has a purpose, including you. He said, before you were formed in the womb, before you were brought out of the womb, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Amen. So we see in Ephesians um, two, Ephesians two, verse ten. The scripture says we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. You are his workmanship, you were created for good works, he says. He says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. They are good works that have been assigned to you, good works that have been assigned to me. And the simple um, explanation of reigning in life is that you find these good works and do them. That is how to reign. That is what God has called you here to do. Fulfill the intents of heaven concerning your life fulfill the plans of heaven concerning your life purpose it, it means different things for different people and the truth is i don't even look at purpose again as um i don't look at it again as one thing that's one thing like we read for um, concerning apostle paul in galatians 16 and um, 1 16 he said to preach christ to the gentiles that is the big banner but i tell you a whole lot of things make up make that up a whole lot of things contribute to that amen so even if you have not found that big banner you have not you have not found that summation of it there, there are little little things in your life that will eventually lead to that which you must not take your eyes off 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 rather you shouldn't take your eyes off those little little things amen and today i, I just want to look at um, the life of a particular woman a bit tama jesus said in hebrews ten seven, uh he says i have come he says Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. That was Jesus saying, it is written of me in the volume of your book to do your will, oh God. There is the volume of book concerning, you know, in which the names of everyone is written. Things have been written down concerning you in the volume of books. Things have been penned down. There are things that heaven is not suggesting. There are things that heaven has ordained. Heaven has, you know, like, is mandated that you will do them. And you don't need to be afraid. we like... As you follow the Lord, you will, you, will, you will happen upon those things and you will do them. It's not by... You don't need to go. One thing you need to make up your mind to do is, I want to follow the Lord. I want to please the Lord every day, every step of the way. As you do that, as you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, as you allow the Spirit of God to lead you, you will come into that fulfillment. You will find what the purpose is and you will do it because... There are angels that have been assigned to you to help you, to ensure that you don't miss your mark. Amen. The Holy Spirit is available. The Lord has released too much. The word of God is available. We pray in the name of Jesus. So much has been released, you know, so much has been invested into you to ensure that you do not miss your mark. To ensure that you live a life of purpose. You hit your mark. The Bible says concerning children in Psalm 127. It says these children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty, mighty warrior, mighty hunter. The hunter, you know, looks into his, um, his quiver looks into his, his pouch brings out an a, a, an arrow puts it in puts it inside the bow right and then sets it and releases it with strength you know in, in his mind he's looking at what he's targeting that this arrow will hit his, tar- hit, hit his target. That is the way the Lord has shot you into life. And we have angels. You have the word of God. Amen. Guiding you. You have the Holy Spirit guiding your footsteps. Guiding your desires. Guiding the things that you, that, that you give your attention, attention to, that you give yourself to, so that you can arrive at this desired finish of heaven for your life in the name of Jesus. I just want us to take a look a bit at um, the life of, the, uh, of this woman, Tamar. Let's look at uh, Matthew 1. As we look at the genealogy, you see Jesus saying in um, Hebrews ten seven that he came to do as it is written in the volume of books concerning him. But Jesus didn't just arrive at that point. Amen. Several people played a lot of roles into Jesus coming into that place. And that is what I want you to zero in on today. Jesus standing in that, in that place, And speaking to his disciples, saying, I have come to do as it is written of me, you know, according to what is written in the volume of books, to do your will, O God. Jesus came to that place, he he rode upon the backs of several other people. Amen. He rode on the backs of several people fulfilling their purpose. So we can't look at the whole world and say Jesus is the only one fulfilling purpose. Some people played their parts and made it possible for Jesus to come when he came. Amen. One person that we know very well is John the Baptist, right? The Bible said he was supposed to come as a forbear, right? He was supposed to come to declare, you know, that Jesus would come, so that when Jesus comes on the scene, people will receive Jesus. So John the Baptist played his own part. John the Baptist was never the savior of the world. He didn't save you, he didn't save me. But did he contribute to us getting saved? He did. And that is what matters. That is what matters. As far as heaven is concerned john the baptist came on the scene and he reigned he reigned he lived the life that heaven ordained him to live you are here and you are expected to reign in life also and you do that by fleshing out the purpose of god for your life you do that by fulfilling the plans of god the intents of heaven as much as you know part time while not waiting to fully know everything what is revealed to you per time, you ensure that you do it. That is how we reign in every season. Seasons come and seasons go. Amen. But you, you should be found. Everyone should find you doing what you have been called to do per season. That is what it means to reign. The Bible says about that tree, that is planted in the verse of water in Psalm 1. It says it will bring forth its fruits when? In due season. There is something about due season. The season when leaves are supposed to be on the tree. Let's find leaves there. The season when fruits are supposed to be on the tree. Let's find fruits in that season. Amen. You bearing fruits in due season is raining. When that season comes and God comes to you, or life asks you of this particular fruit that heaven has intended that by so, so time, this is the fruit that this person should be bearing. If you are not bearing that fruit, it means you, have not, you, you, you are not doing it well. You are not reigning. You are not living according, according to intent and according to the purpose of God. Amen. All right, so um, the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, this genealogy has always thrilled me. I like to read it again and again. You know, the Bible reading for last week has Matthew 1 in it. You know, so I read it again last week. Every time I read this genealogy, five people just get highlighted. I don't know if you know the five people. Women, yes. There are five women that found found themselves in the list of the genealogy of Jesus. This was a very, is it chauvinistic, right? Uh, What does it mean to be men-dominated Shea? Yes. That was what the Jews were about. They just, you know, focus was only on men, men, men. But even in that season, when they really did not reckon with women, these five women found their ways into the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You couldn't, um, you know, neglect them. You couldn't overlook them. You couldn't... Ignore them. They were n- n- not ignoible. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. You couldn't ignore these five people. They found themselves in here. You have Rahab, you have Tamar, you have um, Bathsheba, the mother of um, Solomon, you, you have um, again? Rahab, Tamar, you have Ruth, you have um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, amen. You have these five women finding their, 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 finding their ways into this list of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And that is quite instructive. It is quite instructive. Let, let, let me just read from um, Ruth. Uh, where do we find? It's Tamar so. Verse 3. Okay, yes, thank you. It says, Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Samar's name had to be mentioned here because she gave birth to twins. She, and of the twins, Perez actually is, um, um, the heaven the, the was focused on this Perez because Perez will be, of, will, will be of the lineage of Jesus eventually. If you flip over to Ruth, Ruth chapter 4, something amazing happened in that towards the end of that chapter 4. And what I just want to zero things down to this afternoon is that you, 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 you sit up to live your life. You sit up to live your life. Everything matters. That's what I've realized. If you look at the lives of the people that we see in Matthew 1, you will see that the summation of somebody's life is just narrowed down to just one son. You will hear and Jacob begat this person. The summation of his life, everything, you find it in that one person that he begats or that he gave birth to. Do your own part. That is what I'm I'm seeing in all of these things. These different people, and of course, all the men that we have, you know, you have like 14 generations times 3 mentioned in here. 42 men in all. And some people were skipped. By the way, if you look very well, you'll see that some people were skipped. But you have 14 generations in 3 places mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And all these people... you that it was as if the summation of their lives was zeroed in on just the fact that this person came and gave birth to this one and this one came and gave birth to this one you know they lived their full lives they gave birth to plenty children but heaven recognizes the fact that this one that you were supposed to do you did it there are some people here that are contending for children and some people have said to them don't just say well you know i've given birth before it doesn't really matter at least nobody can say i'm a barren I'm, I'm barren rather i have a child if god has said if there are things in your heart if you know you you, you 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 are you carry within you a desire or maybe the lord has said something to you you need to consent for those things because you never can tell the the the, the submission of your life might be zeroed in eventually on that do you understand what i'm saying um what's his name what's her name and no no anna what is uh, the husband's name elkanah right Elkanah, the husband of Mary, said, Am I not worth to you more than how many sons? She said, No. Husband has his own place. Son has his own place. Let everybody be their everybody, father's name. Husband is not the same as son. Do you understand? She, could, she was given things now. The Bible said, for Elkanah will usually give her like double portion of what she, he would give to Penena, you know, give to the other wife. He would give her double. Making her know that you are favored. You are my precious. You are the one that I really want. You are the one that the whole of my heart is with. You have my favor. You have my eyes. If I don't see you, I don't sleep. And all of those things. She said, I understand. But I want a child. I want this son of promise. I want this child that I've been asking the Lord for. I'm not going to give up on it. Just might not be looking for It might not be a physical son. Amen. But there might be desires in your heart." This is how we reign, fulfilling purpose. What is purpose? Purpose is the summation of every, everything that you do in pleasing God. Everything that, that, that you do in pursuing God, to please God. That is purpose as far as, as far as I'm concerned. And for every season, it changes. You might eventually arrive at a grand purpose. But before you get to that place where you know, like Jeremiah said... I've ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Before you arrive at that place where Paul said you have been called to preach to the Gentiles, you are going to go through a whole lot that you must pay attention to, that you must give the whole of yourself to, in pursuing pleasing God. Every face of your life, pleasing God. That, to me, is purpose. Every season of my life, what, is, what, what constitutes me pleasing God, me bringing delight to God, that is purpose for that season, and I want to do it. Right now, I might be called to be the pastor of Metamorphosis Church. I won't be surprised if this, is, if this is not what I will do the whole of my life. Amen. The one that commands my destiny can come tomorrow, say, move out and go in here. This is what I've called you to now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Purpose is that you fulfill, you know, the desire of heaven, the intent of heaven. You please God per time. And it changes. Not that It changes. It, it morphs. It gets, um, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs four eighteen that the path of a righteous man does what? It shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. So it doesn't change. It doesn't change, but it, it morphs. It graduates. Amen. It graduates into something. It, you know, this might be it today. The way our name is metamorphosis, right? You know, it is the process through which, um, you know, butterfly becomes through which butterfly becomes, um, you know, it comes into its full stature. But it starts from something. It starts from caterpillar. It looks like a worm. When you look at this picture and you look at the final picture, there is almost no resemblance, right? That's, for me, its purpose. When it was caterpillar, what was it supposed to be doing? Is, is it doing it? Now that, you know, it's been moved or morphed into, meta, into, into butterfly, are you doing what you are called to do as a butterfly? Your allegiance must always be to who? Pleasing God. Pleasing God at every phase of your life, as far as I'm concerned, is your purpose, the purpose of your life. The purpose of your life, we said in the first service, it is not to guard very jealously your salvation so that you don't lose it. It's good that you don't lose your salvation but that is not the purpose. That's not what you are called to. You are not called to guard your salvation so that you arrive at heaven and make heaven. Amen. If you are here, say to your neighbor, making heaven is not my purpose in life. I know for some people, that if they slap you like that. What do you mean? Making heaven is not my purpose. What else is now my purpose? That is the height that some people want to ever get to. That is an insult on God. It's an insult on the death and the blood of Jesus. Making heaven your purpose, it can't be. We fell into sin, and Jesus came to take us out of the sin. Now you are out of the sin. Continue. There is a dominion mandate upon your life. There is an assignment. There is something that you were separated from the womb to accomplish. That is not, um, you know, is not, is not fully contained in salvation. Salvation is you, you just come back into shape such that you can fulfill the intent of heaven. Amen. You are found in the image of Christ. So, making heaven is not your purpose in life. Trying to stay out of sin is not your purpose in life. Guarding yourself so jealously, such that sin does not enter. As you see anything, appearance of evil, you are closing window, closing door, shutting your curtain, which is okay, so that sin does not come in. But that is not the assignment they've given you in life. There is a purpose, there is an intent. We see these people here, you know, listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. I, I said I want us, wanted us to look at Ruth. Um, okay. Um, Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. I want to read from the... Let's read from 13. 13 says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore his son. Then the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons as born him. Now, you, you can see blessings being pronounced upon Naomi here. But these blessings, you know, it became, it became um, you know, possible because somebody decided to stay in our space and reign, you know, fulfill the intent, fulfill the purpose of God because through her, who was given birth to? Amen. You said? That is Obed, right? Obed, yes. So, um, then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and he became a nurse to him. Verse 17, also the neighbor, neighbor women, gave him a name saying, there is a son Born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now they cut off several things. You know, you've been told now is the father of um, is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And through David, Jesus Christ came on the scene. But look at verse 18. Verse 18 is dating back to see to, to, to bring you back to Boaz. That this is how Boaz came into existence. Peres first. Perez gave birth to Ezron, Ezron begat who, Ram, Ram, Abinadab, Abinadab, Nashon, Nashon, Salmon, Salmon, begat who, Boaz. To make you see the contribution of everybody. Nobody is a waste in life. Nobody is a mistake in life. Amen. Everybody has something to contribute. You have something significant to contribute. Not just to the family that you are, you have, you've come from, but to the whole world. If Salmon had not you know, done his own part in bringing Boaz, we will not have Obed. Amen. You will not have Jesse. You will not have who? David. We will not have the lineage of Jesus. Everybody has something to contribute. I need you to remind yourself. That there is no waste in God, and you know, I have a couple of scriptures here that talks about the, the, the intentionality of God and the the, the um, you know the, the fact that God is intentional and God does not allow things to go to waste. When um, Jesus fed the thousands, he said to them, "Pick up the waste, let nothing pick up the what is left rather, pick up what is left, so that there will not be a waste." Matthew five eighteen four talks about the fact that. Not a tittle, not a jot of the word of God will go unfulfilled. That is how intentional God says God is. That not a comma in this word, not one thing that will go unfulfilled. Everything is intentionally put here. Amen. Every human being is intentionally put here on earth. You are God was intentional in releasing you. He said in Matthew five, eighteen, for assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot. Once it's all, we by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. That is your God. He does not waste anything. And so in your life also, nothing is wasted. Nothing. All your experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, do, you, you, you will be joking if you think anything has come to you that does not mean anything. That does, this one is the Even your mistake, the Lord has a way of turning it around. You've read Romans 828, right? He says and we know that all things work together for the good of those who are who love God and are called according to his purpose everything your mistakes in life, you know, the good things that have happened to you, the bad things that have happened to you, the sorrowful things that have happened to you, everything is, is working out something on the inside of you. And you need to wake up to that reality, that my life is not a waste. Every, You know, in saying I want to fulfill purpose, you have to be intentional about every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life is spelling purpose for you. Don't wait until, a, a, you know, a, a, a miracle comes, of God or a prophet says to you, this is what God has called you, and then you now want to start getting serious with that. Everything is connected to everything. Everything, in, there is no waste in any part of your life, any experience that you are having in life. However pleasant, however unpleasant that it is. Let's look at um, John six twelve, Where Jesus said to the people, it says, and when everyone was full... He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Let nothing be wasted. Gather everything. Every individual that has been sent here, every uh, every um, everything that has happened to you, every experience of life is adding something to me. The scriptures even says to us, do not waste your trials. Do not waste your challenges. Have you read that part in the scripture that portion of the scriptures before? Amen. He says, don't waste it. He says, when you fall into diverse temptation, come what all joy because God is working out something. This God is the God that picks up the, 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 the leftover. He doesn't allow anything to waste. So nothing goes to waste even in your life too. Nothing. Every experience. Maybe I'm trusting God for something. You have been praying and praying. It's not coming through. He's working out something. It is, you know, what you need to find out per time is what, what delights the Father right now. What, what, what fleshes out or what, um, what is the interpretation of pleasing God in my life right now. Discover what pleases God and do it. The Bible says we should be like the sons of Issachar. They had an understanding of the times and the season. They knew what Israel ought to do per season. That, is, that should be you. Finding out what is pleasing God right now. Jesus said some people, they did not know the season of their visitation. They did not know, and so they didn't know what to do. They didn't match up that season with what was required of them. You don't want to be like that. Everything in your life is adding up to your purpose. Do not wait for the big banner purpose. Everything. When we look at the life of Tamar here, you know, know, Tamar did not have a very beautiful experience. We can't go go into that this morning. Go and read the story of Tamar. If she had cut herself off, and you know, it's very, God is a very, um, you know, it's a very, um, I don't even know how to say it. God is good. Maybe that's the best way I can say it. Because if you look at all these women that found themselves here, does Rahab, do we have anything beautiful to say about Rahab before God happened to her? Before the spies came to her? Was there anything in her life that we could, you know, reckon with? No. But I tell you, even that her bad life brought her to a place where she became useful to the Lord. The Lord turned it around. You can't look at the challenges that you are going through in life and say, you know, um, um, woe is me. There is no woe to you, except if you are not with God. Except if you are not, you know, pursuing after pleasing God. Romans 8.28 says, and we know, we know that everything works together for those that love God. Those that are called according to, the, to his purpose. That is what you should, you should concern yourself with. Do I love the Lord? Do, am I called according to his purpose? Am I intentional about fulfilling the purpose of God for my life? The little that I know right now. Am I faithful to it? What the Lord has revealed to me, am I living in accordance with it or am I doing something else? That is what you should concern yourself with. Rahab had nothing to say, you know, about life. There was nothing to be written about her life. Until the disciples came to her, did I say the disciples, the spies, until the spies came to her and then gave her an opportunity which she seized with both hands. There's a translation, I think it's the message translation of that Romans 5:17. It says, but those that have received or that have grabbed with both hands the gifts of righteousness, they have been called to reign in life. That was what Reab did. She grabbed that, that, that gift as it was presented to her, grabbed it with both hands, and she reigned in life. She, 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 she fixed herself into the lineage of Jesus. She got a throne. You know, if, they were, if you say the Hall of Fame, right, everybody sitting on a chair. She got a chair also. She got a throne in that place. She reigned in life. Everything that came before that time, before she provided, you know, um, help to the spies, God turned everything around, and her life became a sweet story. Tamar, eventually, we find that in here. Everything counts. Let's take a look at Isaiah 60, verse 18. Just making you see or reminding you that our God is not a waster. God does not enjoy waste. You've read the scriptures like twice today. It says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land. Neither wasting nor destruction. God does not waste. My life is not, cannot, will not be a waste, it's not possible, except if I'm not working with the Lord. He said, no wasting, de- or no destruction within your borders. It's, you know, God hates, he said, violence rather. Violence will, will no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction. God does not like waste. He doesn't waste anything. He does not like waste. And even for Nigeria, we declare this over our nation in Jesus' name, that we, 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 we stop wasting lives. We stop wasting opportunities to become great in the name of Jesus. Amen. We do not have wasting. We do not have destruction as a nation within our borders in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I hope you are not just praying about that. I hope you are doing something about that. Election is coming 2023. Amen. Make sure, How many people have PVC here? Okay, put it down. I don't have. Let me see your hands up. I don't have. Okay, I'm going to get this week. Let me see your hands up. Those that are not going to get, what you need to see me after service. You don't have, and you have made up your mind not to go get. Let me see your hands again. Please, let me see your hand. I need to count number now. Okay, who again? Do you have? You are going to get, all right. No, let, let's not just pray alone. These scriptures, we pray it, we've been praying it since, well, I've been praying it since I was in a you know, university for Nigeria. Some people have been praying it how many years, 40 years, 50 years. But we know that every government that has been, because I believe strongly that it is God that sets people, puts people in authority. Amen. If God does not allow, some people will not be sitting. So we know that all the governments that have been before now, they've added something to us we cannot give it back and forth they took us back 10 years they took us back 30 years i am not coming to, i am not i'm not agreeing that with you but i know that everybody has brought us something they brought us to where we are they've contributed something whether good or bad we are where we are right now but we know that the scriptures cannot be broken the word of the lord says everything will work out for our good and even as a nation we need to we need to confess that we need to pray that and we need to put in the work that is required also To say Nigeria will be better. There will be no wasting. There will be no destruction within our borders. And I'm going to do my part. You are going to do your part in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 18, um, 18, 9. Proverbs 18, 9. Say something instructive about someone that is lazy. Comparing the person to a waster. He says, he who is slothful in his work or in his business. He who is lazy. He who is careless in his work or in his business, amen, that does not mind his work very well. He said he's a brother to him who is a great destroyer or great waster, some translation says. You can see from this scripture that the Lord does not like wasters, that's what I'm trying to say. He does not like people that waste opportunities, that waste lives, that waste time, waste money, amen, waste relationships, Maybe God has brought people into your life. You will not allow them to say what they should say. The part they are supposed to, you know, contribute to your life. You will not allow them because every time they start talking about what you are not doing well, you go frowning your face or making them know that I really am not really enjoying this relation, this discussion. Can we just change it? Waster, a waster. God is not um, favorably disposed to such a person. God does not like. He said the person that is lazy. The person that, 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 that is careless with his work, with his business. Him and a waster, they are the same. People that, and a waster is a destroyer. Because that word that you find, destroyer there, in some scriptures you see, waster. So God does not like waste. Eh, no, there is nothing in your life that is happening to you by chance, or has happened by chance. The ones that the enemy planned, though, the ones that you also, you connived with the enemy to bring to pass. Amen. God says, I'm able to turn everything around to make sure something beautiful comes out of your life. If only you will allow me. Amen. In fact, this particular Proverbs 18.9, I have it written down here in Amplified Classic. It says, he who does not, that's a portion of it. It says, he who doesn't use his endeavors to heal himself. He doesn't use his endeavors to heal himself, to make his condition better. Maybe he's sick, you know, in whatever way. Maybe sick financially, sick emotionally, sick in his body. He doesn't use his means, what he has. He doesn't use his endeavors to heal himself. He said he's brother to him who commits suicide. Suicide. Meaning a destroyer or a waster is a person that commits suicide. So God does not, he, he doesn't, he's not behind us committing suicide or wasting anything. He doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste opportunities in our lives. Our God is a very, very in, intentional God. Amen. So I want you to know that your path is very, very needed in the scheme of things, in the scheme of things that God is doing on the face of the earth. You are very, very strategic. What you bring to the table is needed. What you bring to the mix is, is needed. Amen. Every aspect of your life It's important because you are important to what God is doing, the agenda of heaven, in the nation of Nigeria as it stands today. And I dare say in this community, amen. What God is doing here, you are very, very strategic to it. So every aspect of your life matters. Fulfilling, um, you know, reigning in life is simply fulfilling purpose. Serve. Everything that has been written about you, everything that has been prophesied about you, everything that you know, everything that will yet be said about you, striving to have these things, striving, you know, to say the, the plan of God for my life, this thing that God has said about me, this prophecy that has been released about me, is going to come into, into, into expression that is reigning in life as you pursue it. There are several words that have been released over us prophecies that you've been given, even desires that have welled up in your heart. All of those desires, you know, some of those desires are put in there by God. And what I want to encourage you to do is question things. Question things because the Lord puts some desires in your heart. The Lord puts some thoughts in your heart. Don't allow everything just, you know, don't don't be quick to say this one is a temptation. This one is, um, you know, me you know, looking for something high and lofty. Don't, quite, you know, don't, don't push everything away because some thoughts that come to your mind, that your mind has, that your heart entertains, and some of these thoughts, they will come today. They will, you will push them away. Tomorrow again, they will come. Think about them. Dwell on them. You know, I'm realizing in the last how many weeks, maybe three or four weeks now, I'm beginning to question a couple of things myself. And that is how we reign. It's very, very easy not to think. You know, I came came upon a post that was last night by one of my friends. And he was saying, even for him, he's been thinking about thinking for a period of time now. That, do we think? The truth is, quite a number of people don't think. Water flows in the path of least resistance. We just do the things that are easy for us. Thinking takes a lot of energy. Thinking takes a lot of time. There are things that are popping into your heart that God wants you to begin to commit time and energy to. This thing that is flashing into your mind, can you catch that thought and dwell on it and give it some time, quality time to think about it? Don't be quick to say, why am I, why do I want to, you know, um, this thing is too lofty, this thing is too high, this thing is too big. Is it that I I, am not um, a content person anymore? Is it that I'm, you know, pride is developing in my heart? Why am I longing for something like this? Ask yourself, "Why why shouldn't I long for it? because you never can tell. It might just be God. Why shouldn't I long for it? Some of the things that are coming into your heart, that you know, desires that keep coming, they keep showing up. Have you asked yourself, why shouldn't I have this thing? Why shouldn't I be like this? Don't be quick to push them away. Don't be quick to follow your path of least resistance, where things are easy for you. Things are just coming. Ask yourself, why can I not be like this? Why can I not have this? Think. Ask questions. Query things. Why is this one like this in my life? Query it. Amen. Ask questions about things in your life. Don't just allow things to run because this is how we reign. The Lord puts some thoughts in your heart. Because like I said, every aspect of your life, every, every, every step, everything that you do, the things that make up your life, the activities that you do every day, every week, every month, all of those things culminate. All of those things, they, 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 what's that thing now? They build up to the purpose for your life. Every little tiny detail. You know, I've taken time to show you that God does not waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. There are some people God brings you in relationship with. What is it for? What is it supposed to accomplish in your life? There are thoughts and desires that well up in your heart. Your heart wants this thing. Your heart longs for this thing. Don't be quick to push it away and say it is too high. If it is too high, will it be for animals or will it be for angels? If it will be for human beings, why not you? Pursue it. Spend time on it. Think. And then if the Lord says to you, this is not for you, you can leave it. But don't be quick to discharge it. Dwell on it. Give some thoughts to your life. Ask, Look into your life and give some time to think, how is my life going? What are the things I want to see? What are some of the desires that I have in my heart? These desires, they will not go. You maybe you've always desired to have this. You've always desired to be like this other person or to not, not be like somebody, but have this kind of condition of life or quality of life. Some of those thoughts, some of those desires are planted in your heart by God. You need to give thoughts to them. Amen. You need to meditate upon them. The word says to us. Proverbs 23, 7, as I begin to round up, says, as a man thinketh, In his heart, that is how he is. If you will give time to meditation, if you will give time to thinking some of the thoughts that are welling up in your heart, all those little, little things that pop up every now and then, that add to what your life is, then you can say that you are reigning. Amen. Because in a season, God will bring some things to your heart to say you should do. What is convenient is, as it has been from the beginning, so will it be. World without end. Amen. That is a natural thing to do. But the Lord, like he came to, P, um, to Peter, and he said, arise, kill and eat, right? And he was questioning it and saying no. But it was at time. So watch what you react to. Some desires that come to your mind, and you react and say no. Why not? Can you go to the Lord? Can you question? Can you query that thing instead of just discarding it and discharging it? Joshua 1.8 says, you will have great success as you meditate on the word of God. Some of the word of God that come to you are things that are written in the scriptures. Some come to you, you know, as the Lord just bringing his thoughts, mirroring his thoughts into your hearts. As you meditate on these things, the Bible says, for then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have good success. Meditate. Meditate on the word of God. As you meditate on the word of God or you meditate on, you know, God drops his thoughts in your heart, you know, sometimes. And you need to think these things through. Think them through. If God is, a a song says, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. I don't know how many of you know that song. God is always calling us to something higher. Amen. He's always challenging us. Don't be quick to discharge those thoughts when they come. Psalm 2 also talks about, Psalm 1, rather, verse 2, talks about meditation in the word of the Lord also. He says, But his delight is in the word of the Lord, and in it does he needs us to meditate day and night. And what do we see after that meditation? After giving yourself to thinking, committing yourself to thinking. Thinking is difficult, meditation is difficult, staying on something is difficult. You know, somebody says, Listen to silence. It is difficult. Have you noticed, even some people to pray, self, you have to, you know, prop things up. You must have song playing at the background, if not. It's as if our mind can never be quiet. When you are meditating, when you are thinking, you must learn to drown other voices and concentrate on what you are, what you are thinking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's not something that is natural with most of us. We like noise. We, like, we don't like um, silence, we don't like seclusion, we don't like you know, meditation, shutting every voice down and just listening to your but It is in that place that you find the strength to really live your true life. It is in that place that you begin to hear the voice of God. You begin to hear that the mind of God comes to you. Some things are coming, some thoughts are coming. Amen. So you need to make meditation, thinking, questioning things. You need to make it a part of your life that you are comfortable with. It's, an, it's, it's, it's a skill that can be developed. It doesn't come cheap. It doesn't come easy. But you should develop that skill. Amen. So as you begin to do this, then you are, you are making, you know, um, l- your life conducive. You are preparing the ground for to reign in life. Amen. I wanted to just um, talk to the Lord. You know, th- this is... Th- Uh, I'm done with um, what I would want to share today. I wanted to just talk to the Lord this morning, it's still morning. Ask that the Lord will help you not to be lossful, not to be slothful, not to be lazy, especially with thinking, especially with engaging the mind of God, looking into your life and wanting to hear what heaven has to say meditation ask that the lord will help you to become better in this art or in this skill in the name of jesus i want you to pray talk to the lord talk to the lord this afternoon you want to fulfill the purpose of god for your life you want to reign in life and you know that this has a lot to do with you pleasing the lord every face of your life doing what is the intent of heaven doing as it has been written in the book of in the volume of books concerning you when the volume of books you know when the lord begins to whisper to you when the Holy spirit begins to say to you when he begins to drop some things in your heart you must be able to commit time to it to meditate on these things that the lord is saying to think on these things that the lord is saying you know think on these things this is how we reign give attention to god give attention to what the Spirit of God is saying this is how we find purpose in life. You know, a little here, a little there. We just don't arrive in purpose. It is little, little steps of obedience. The Bible says, concerning the Lord Jesus, as He obeyed the Lord, He made life available to us. As He obeyed God, He He, he brought us into a place where we can say we are reigning in life. And so for you also to reign in life, little, little acts of obedience, series of obedience to the Lord, all of these things make up the purpose. Purpose of God for your life. They push you into that place where you can now say, like Apostle Paul, "This is what God has called me to do." Amen. These different, different aspects of your life. I want you to just pray that the Lord will help you to be committed, committed to His purpose for your life, committed to the process of it. We have said, let's debunk the fact that purpose is one eye lofty thing. Look at it as a series of small, small things that I do part time to please God. Help me to know when you are speaking to me. Help me to understand understand that this is you. When it becomes strange, like when people sold told, arise, eat and kill, and he thought, these animals are not clean. These are things I will not, I will naturally not touch. But he was able to meditate. He was able to commit his thoughts. He committed energy to thinking about the voice that he was hearing. To he, thinking about the desire that was welling up in his heart, the promptings of his heart. And he found that the Lord was telling him, Go to Cornelius house um opening the door to the Gentiles he fulfilled the purpose of God for that season for his life God was able to come into the earth to do what he needed to do through Peter because Peter was able to commit to that time of meditation that time of thinking for you you just might not be in the four walls of the church if you might have been called to do some things maybe in the marketplace. You might have been called to become the captain of an industry and it will start with, us, with, with your faithfulness, with the little, little things. The business that is committed into your hands. For you, it might be a relationship or everything matters. Everything you know, adds up to the other thing. They add up to make our life what it should be. And you just want to pray that the Lord will help you to be willing. The Lord will help you. That you will not say no, Lord, but you will, you will be able to say yes, Lord. Because you can find time to make meditate. You can find time to think. You can find time to question things. You can find time. You can you know open up your heart and ask questions and allow the spirit of the word of God answer the queries. Answer the questions in your heart. This is how we live. This is reign in life, that you are not just, you know, dogmatic and saying this is the way it has always been. The Lord might want to change some things. He might want to take some people away from your life, add some people to your life, take away an opportunity or close that opportunity and open another opportunity. Tell you, okay, you have left this one. I want you to move on into this other one. The, 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 um, the, the grace or the capacity to be elastic, to be able to yield, comes when we give time to meditation, when we give time to thinking, when we, when we prayer fully meditate allowing the spirit of God to brood upon our hearts in the name of Jesus. Father we thank you this morning we bless you for the entrance of your word. Thank you Lord for enlightenment that you have brought. Thank you for instructions that you have given to people. Thank you Lord for answers that you have brought to some questions. We appreciate you Lord for light that we have in our hearts right now. The, the, the increase of light that we have. Lord we ask in Jesus name that you help us to rise up oh God to be more of who you have called us to be so that we can live the life that you have ordained for us in the name of Jesus. Help us, O God, to live much more intentionally through Christ this this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. (laughs)